Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. What is up, guys? Before we get into this episode, I want to share an awesome opportunity from the sponsors behind this podcast, StinGrip. If you haven't heard of StinGrip, they are my favorite, and I'm talking my favorite patch company for my diabetes devices. They keep my Dextom on for the full 10 days, so it doesn't matter if I'm walking my dogs, hiking, swimming, traveling, doesn't matter. I know that my Dextom will stay on. Not only do they do that, but their mission is to help people living with diabetes live fearlessly, and I cannot relate to that anymore because I have personally gone from being so fearful in my diabetes journey to now feeling like I can do anything. But I want to share that they have a new incredible opportunity for you to actually try their patches for free. No, this is not just a free sample. You're actually getting a full pack of their patches with no strings attached. Now, if you're like me, you have tried a lot of different patch companies. I've had a lot of friends gift me patches. I've had a lot of companies reach out to me to try their patches. But in all honesty, None of them have actually worked for my skin at least, and now they're just kind of sitting in my diabetes drawer, not really doing anything. And honestly, before Skin Grip, I was really hesitant to try another patch company because I had just been kind of like jaded from other products. But what they're offering for you to do is actually take those old patches and trade them in for a free, fresh pack of Skin Grip. Now, I'm not talking just five patches. You get a full pack of 20 patches that actually stay on for free. All you have to do is mail them your pack and fill out their request form. In the request form, you'll send a picture of your shipment, you'll send the tracking number, and you get to choose what pack of patches that you want. And that's literally it. They approve you and they send you a free pack of patches and you get to actually try them out and enjoy them. If you want to try this out, just go ahead to stingrip.com and give them a try. Now, if you are a loyal Stingrip customer, I can still hook you up. You can go to stingrip.com on your next order and just put in code LISSY for 10% off. And it's as easy as that. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, guys, what is up? I'm so excited for this episode. I want to preface again with that. If you heard last week's episode, I was kind of sick there. I'm still a little bit sick. I have a sinus infection plus allergies, so it's just a really uncomfortable way of saying that I can't breathe. So I might sound a little bit nasally. You might hear a few sniffles here and there. So I do apologize. It's not ideal. But I really wanted to bring you this episode this week because I really believe that it's going to make such a significant difference in your management between now and the next time that you see your endocrinologist. So this podcast episode is going to be for you if you find yourself going to your endocrinologist's office every 90 days, and that is the first time that you are looking at your reports with the data in your blood sugar. Or maybe if it's not the first time, it's definitely not something that you have in your current routine to look at your numbers and actually wonder where they are coming from and what is contributing to them. I know that it's really frustrating to go into your appointment and get asked about a random high blood sugar that you experienced three months ago, but in reality, I do want to give our doctors a lot of credit because they don't have much to go off of if we don't know anything about our own patterns and trends. 
So instead, imagine if you were able to go into that appointment with a full breakdown of trends and patterns that you've self-identified, why they're happening, and what support that you need from your endo. Not only does this give you a hundred times more ownership in your own management and make your doctor's life easier, but it actually prevents overcompensation in basils and carb ratios that might not actually be needed. So let me just give you a quick example. Let's just say that you're afraid of going low before bed, so you always make sure that you have a snack before you actually go to sleep. And what happens instead is that you actually end up having a high blood sugar. Now, your endo might see that as a basal rate problem if you are consistently going high overnight without reason, and therefore they might make the change in that basal rate. But what happens when you don't have that snack? That basal rate might actually not be accurate, so it can just throw you off. That's why inside of Keep 100, our signature diabetes coaching program, we offer data reflection calls. Not because we want you to have the data to look at and judge it like a report card, but because it gives us that much more confidence in self-identifying our own trends and patterns. And actually, this week inside of Keep 100, our nutrition coach, who is a registered dietitian and CDE, Jess, is taking our clients through how to approach patterns and trends from the management end. So I wanted to record this episode because what's often overlooked in our doctor's appointments and just in general information online is that behavioral end, aka what actions, habits, and defaults that we have in our behaviors that can contribute to what we're seeing happening in our blood sugars. So for example, to break that down, on the management end, what we have are everything that's contributing to our insulin management our basal rates, our carb ratios, our bolus strategies, and our correction factors. Those are all things that you should be talking to about with your endocrinologist or your certified diabetes educator, where the behavioral end looks different. This is where we have patterns around uh, how we treat things, so how quickly or how much that we treat for a low blood sugar. This comes down to our movement strategy, our hydration, our sleep patterns, our carb counting strategies, all things that may have nothing to do with exactly how much insulin we're taking, but all the things leading up to that decision making. So not only when we look at our data in our endocrinologist's office can we look at, okay, what is happening with our basal rates, what is happening with our carb ratios, but we can be absolutely certain that it's those things that need the changes and not our behaviors. There's actually a quote that I really love, and I believe it comes from Albert Einstein. If I had an hour to solve a problem and my life depended on the solution, I would spend the first 55 minutes determining the proper question to ask, for once I know the proper question... I could solve the problem in less than five minutes. And I just think that goes to show that even within our management, it's not always knowing the solution off the bat, but it's about knowing what questions to ask. So that's exactly what we teach our clients, and it's what I want to go through today. So today, I want to go through the use of the who, what, where, why, and how questions to give you those five questions that you can ask so that you can take complete charge of your data. So this is going to help you, one, take action before your endocrinologist appointment. Two, it's going to help you take ownership over the behavioral patterns that contribute to data trends. And three, it's going to help you understand how specific actions and habits contribute to patterns in your management. And therefore, you're going to see not only the confidence in your decision making, but you're going to see the outcomes in your data as well. You're going to see your A1C lower, you're going to see your time and range go up, and you're going to see overall just more empowerment in your management. 
So I know there might be some of you listening to this who are like, whoa, 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 Lucy, like, I don't even know what data you're talking about. Where am I finding this data? What am I looking at? What's going on? And that's completely fair. I was not familiar with these reports until a few years into my diagnosis, so I had no idea what I should even be utilizing before my appointments. So this does not just apply to you if you're on a CGM. If you are on literally, like if you are testing your blood sugar in any way, there are a lot of different apps that you can use that will create these reports and get this data and help you interpret it. So if you are on fingerprints or you just are using a meter, I highly recommend looking up Gluco, G-L-O-O-K-O. This is a website where you can download all of your data from your meter and it will literally break it down for you. It will tell you your time and range. It'll tell you your patterns. It'll give you your average blood sugar. And it just makes the interpretation process that much easier. I know specifically for me, when I was first diagnosed, you know, my endo gave me a log and told me to record all of my, my blood sugars. And I just looking at the numbers didn't really do it for me. I'm very much like somebody who needs uh, that analytical end of it, and this app really helps you do that. Now, if you are on a continuous glucose monitor, this is an opportunity to get curious about what apps are available to you. So for the Deathstom, I personally use the Deathstom Clarity app. This is a free app that connects to your Deathstom um, and will just pull up the information as it comes in. So you can look up your time and range, different reports, your standard deviation, um, patterns and trends, all of the above. And I know that there are specific apps available to the Libre, the Medtronic Guardian, um, and all the other CGMs available. You just might want to talk to your endocrinologist about what is available to you or uh, just do a quick Google search. I know that there are tons. So when we are looking at this data, there are four main pillars that we personally look at inside of Keep You 100. This isn't to say that there isn't more information to look at, but we really narrow it down to these four just because we like to keep it simple and not get too overwhelmed with all the things that there is available. Now, the first piece of information that we look at are the patterns and trends. So this is anything that your reports are picking up as a trend. So this is a really easy one to identify because your your app or your website will have a specific algorithm that it uses to identify, okay, what is a pattern or what is an actual trend? So this is a really easy way to pull up like, okay, what is happening, what is certain. And then there's time and range. So this is how much time as a percentage that you're spending within a set range that you and your endo agree on. So I think a lot of endos kind of agree on staying between 70 and 180, 180 being 10 in millimoles, um, and they agree that that should be kind of the standard for 70% of the time. However, everybody has their different preferences, and that is okay as long as you are communicating it with your doctor. The third piece of information to look at would be standard deviation. So this is how high or low on average that you typically deviate from your average blood sugar. So let's just say that your average blood sugar is 150. That would be 8.3 millimoles. And your standard deviation is 50, which would be about 2.7 millimoles. That would be telling us that on average, your blood sugar is 150, but you can spike up to about 200 and you can go down to about 100. So that is a really important piece of information to have just because it gives us an idea of our overall variability that we're experiencing in our blood sugars. 
And then, of course, we have our average blood sugar. Now, I always take this piece of information with a grain of salt because it's always telling the smallest amount of information. If you have an average blood sugar of 100, there's no real way to tell, okay, how much of that time are you spending at 200 and how much of that time are you spending at 50. The average blood sugar is simply just an average and it just doesn't show the overall big picture. So when you're looking at this information, there are five questions that you can ask that can help you identify where these patterns and trends are coming from, or how to increase your time and range, how to lower your standard deviation, or overall how to have a more predictable average. So question number one that you can ask is, where is this pattern in my day? So this can apply to any real piece of of data that you're looking at. This can apply to time and range. You're going to want to look at, okay, where in my day, am I having the lowest time and range? You can look at where in your day you're having the highest standard deviation, or you can look at where in your day you're having the highest or lowest average, and you can go from there. From there, we really want to break it down. So where are you having most of those highs or lows? My favorite report to actually look at this information in Deathcon Clarity specifically is hourly statistics. This will tell you specifically hour by hour what is your typical time and range, what is your average blood sugar, what is your standard deviation. And it just gives you so much insight to what's actually going on on an hour-by-hour basis. So highly recommend using that report if you are on the Deathcom. But if you are not, you can actually also use just kind of like the trend overview. Um, this will kind of take the time frame that you are looking at as a overall graph and kind of show you more more or less kind of what your typical graph looks like. And you can can kind of use that to identify, okay, where like what time frame am I seeing most of the highs and lows that I want to investigate? Knowing this can be so important because when you think about it, having, you know, just overall an A1C goal or an average blood sugar goal, it can be so overwhelming because we don't even know where to start. So if you can identify where is this pattern happening in my day, you have just a few hours of your day that you can take a look at and really focus on before moving on to the next piece so that it's less overwhelming and you can take that with more confidence in knowing I know exactly what to do next. So we're going to take the example of snacking before bed to prevent a low. We are going to see that, okay, that primary pattern is happening overnight where I'm experiencing a high blood sugar. So you can get exactly what time frame that's happening. Maybe it's midnight to 4 a.m. that you're seeing the high blood sugar. So then we go into question number two. What is influencing it? Is this something that's being influenced by insulin management or behaviors? And on top of that, which behaviors? So this is something that you might not narrow down to just one thing. You might have a list of things that you can narrow it down to. So here we can look at the possibility of it being our basal rates. Here we can look at the possibility of, okay, what action am I taking before midnight that would cause me to go high? Well, if I'm having a snack, that would be one. Maybe I'm also looking at my carb ratios from dinner. Maybe I'm not sure if that's influencing my blood sugars before bed. So you kind of have a list of things that you can look at. So then when you go into question number three, you want to ask, how can I break down this variability? Because there's no real way to test, 
okay? Is it a snack? Is it my basal rates? Or is it my carb ratios all at the same time? When we have multiple pieces of variability, you want to just test one thing at a time to really narrow down what is a part of the problem or what is a part of the pattern and go from there. So in this case, maybe if we want to look at snacking, I would say, okay, I'm going to try not having a snack before bed and see if I'm still experiencing that high blood sugar. Now, if I go and I have a few times, I have a few nights where I'm not having that snack and I'm still going high, I would then go to look at my basal rates and go through a basal rate test or go through my carb ratios and see what could be attributed to it. Then we go into the next question is when. When will I do this? Now, I always do this with our clients. I always ask this question when we're talking about action steps because this actually puts it on your timeline. When you know exactly when you're going to do something and how you're going to do it, it makes it that much easier to actually implement. So you want to ask yourself, okay, what nights am I going to attempt not having a snack before bed? Okay, maybe I'm going to try it Monday and Tuesday so that I have a set pattern and a set window that I can look at. And then the last question that you want to ask is the who. Who do I need support from in this process? I always ask this question because it makes it so that we are not doing this alone because trust me when I know that it can be so overwhelming to try to take in all the information, manage your blood sugars, and do all the things just by yourself. So it's important to remember who you have that support from and who can hold you accountable and who can just be with you in this process. So in this case, there's a few people. Maybe you need an accountability partner. Maybe you need somebody to remind you, hey, Lissy, tonight's the night where you're not going to have a snack before bed, so we can take a look at that pattern. Or maybe you need support from your partner, because I know that if you're having a snack before bed, maybe there is that fear of the low blood sugar overnight. So maybe this is a good time to talk to them about, hey, I need your help just listening out for my alarms or reminding me to check my blood sugar overnight because I'm worried that my blood sugar will go low and this is a fear that might be a roadblock in the process. And always put your endo on that list too because once you have that information, there might be places where you need their support in saying, okay, are there changes that I need to make my my insulin management? Are there questions that I need to ask them because I'm not sure the answer? You know, there's always pieces of information that they will absolutely support you with, and sometimes we need that support in between our endos appointments. So again, just a quick review of what those questions are. So one, where is this pattern in my day? Two, what is influencing it? So is this insulin management or my behaviors? And with that, which behaviors? Question number three, how? How can I break down the variability? Number four, when will I do this? And question five, who do I need support from in the process? I have seen it time and time again, just going through this checklist of questions can really help you take ownership of your your own management without having to rely on your endo. I fully believe that endos are a crucial piece of our management and how successful we are in our blood sugar management, but there's also that self-ownership piece of our diabetes management and just going through the data with a curiosity lens instead of a judgment lens and just going into the process with questions rather than judgment can just make the, the whole process that much easier. We can ask questions, get curious, 
get analytical and and actually get actionable steps instead of feeling overwhelmed with I don't even know where to start in this process. I hope that this was useful. If it was, please go on Instagram, take a screenshot of whatever listening platform that you are listening on and tag me at needlesandspoons underscore and just let me know what your biggest takeaway was. I can't wait to see you actually implement. I know that this will be such an important piece of your data reflection experience and I just cannot wait to hear what your biggest takeaways are. Have a great rest of your week and we will see you on next week's episode.